podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Folks, the fallout from Liverpool versus Manchester United continues. And there's no reason to talk about them. If you want to hear my thoughts on them, two-footed pod will be out in a few hours. But we should once again just focus on the fact that Liverpool went to Old Trafford, spanked them 5-0, and then spent half an hour knocking the ball about as if it was nothing, as if it was a training game. The embarrassment that we have caused that entire club sent them into turmoil. There's been high-powered meetings by all accounts. The manager's future is in doubt. And all we can do is laugh. All we can do is laugh because we showed that without a shadow of a doubt, the level between us and them, the gulf is enormous. We are just on a completely different platform to to what they are. The only two teams in England that can live with us are Manchester City and Chelsea. And everybody else is fooling themselves if they think they're on that same level. Jurgen Klopp has put together a team that may well be the greatest Liverpool team of all time. And what's amazing is this team can get even better. It can get even better. Because Fabinho has to come back into this team. The best holding midfield player in England for certain Maybe in Europe. Thiago Alcantara has to come back into this team. The best controlling midfield player in England may be in Europe. Certainly was in Europe when he was at Bayern. If he can get back to his Bayern standards, which we saw across the last 10 games of last season, you add him and Fabinho back into that team. If Naby can continue to play at that level and Harvey Elliott still has to come back, that is frightening. Sadio Mane didn't start the game. Joel Matip didn't start the game. This team can get better, will get better. Consider Virgil's not up to full speed yet. Trent is only going to improve over the next three, four, five years. Jota has more to go. I would say Naby has more to to go. There's no reason Mo Salah can't maintain this level for a couple of years to come. And we should look at Mo and the historic form that he's in. Through 12 games this season, Salah has put up 15 goals and five assists, which is absolutely ludicrous to be doing that in the Premier League and Champions League. The Premier League right now is comfortably the number one league in Europe. La Liga has fallen off. Serie A never quite got back to where it was pre-Calciopoli. The Bundesliga is not 
all that strong outside of Bayern. Dortmund are good, but it's not quite there. PSG have the French league fairly well locked down. Every so often they'll lose the title, but more often than not, they'll win it. The Premier League is the best league right now. Top to bottom, you've got three great teams who I think you can make a strong case are three of the best five teams in Europe. I think you'd put PSG and you'd put Bayern into that mix. But I don't think any of the Spanish clubs or the Italian clubs are at that same level. The Italians definitely aren't. The Spaniards, I mean, would you really put Real in there or Atleti? I'd put them in the next the next kind of tier, along with Juventus. I would say they kind of round out the top eight. But they are six, seven and eight. The top five, I think, are separate. And three of them are in the Premier League. And Salah is doing this against them. He scored against Chelsea, scored an absolute worldie against City and created a goal. And we saw what he did to United. Now, they are not part of that group, but they're still a good team. They've still got really good players. World-class players, potentially, in the likes of Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, Bruno's borderline world-class. Varane has been world-class. I know he didn't play, but that's what they can achieve. And they're still not going to be as good as us. Salah is doing this at just an unseen level. Consider that in 215 games, he has 140 goals for Liverpool. It's absolutely mind-blowing what the man is doing. Not just this season, but since he arrived. The first season he arrived, we all thought this is going to be a good player. He'll be a good addition. None of us thought this kid is coming in. He's going to score 44 goals in 52 games. None of us thought that. You could be the biggest Salah fan going. He didn't even think that. He also got 16 assists that that season. So that's 60 combined goals and assists in 52 games. His first year here. And everybody talks about, oh, well, there was, a, there was a drop-off after that. There was a drop-off. The next season, 52 games, 27 goals, 12 assists. It's not quite as good. It's still 39 combined goals and assists in 52 games. When teams allegedly had more data on him, knew more about him, knew what to expect. The following season, 23 and 13, in 48 games. 36 goals and assists. If you're keeping tally, we're up to 135 goals and assists through his first three years at Liverpool. Last season, he goes 31 and 6 in 51 games. 37 goals and assists. That's 172 goals and assists in his time at Liverpool. And in this season, he is 20 in 12. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible what he's doing. For five years, he's not that far off averaging a goal or assist every single game. 
It's not even five years. It's four and a quarter. And we know the contract thing is ongoing. And we know there's some doubters, but I just can't get on board with any sort of doubt that this guy is worth 400,000 a week, 500,000 a week, 600,000 a week. What he's doing is in every way comparable to what Cristiano Ronaldo was doing at Real Madrid in his 30s. When people fawned over his longevity, fawned over the longevity of Messi. Salah's doing it in a tougher league against tougher opposition. In a team that demands far more of him off the ball than either of those teams, Real Madrid or Barca, demanded of Cristiano or demanded of Lionel Messi. And it's not just those two. Because every time you bring them up, people say, oh, but they're, they're freaks in nature. Well, what about Lewandowski? Look what he's doing in his 30s. Look what Suarez is doing in his 30s. Karim Benzema is in the best form of his career. He'll be 35 in January. There's absolutely no reason at all Salah can't continue to play at this level. At the level he's been at since joining for another four or five years. No reason at all. Cristiano Ronaldo turned 30 in 2015. In 16-17, he scored 42 goals. In 17-18, he scored 44. He scored 28, 37 and 36 in the seasons after that. And yes, his all-round game did dip, but he'd given up doing stuff for the team many years before that. Go back and watch his last two years at United. He was in his early 20s then, and he wasn't working for the team. He never did it at Real Madrid. He decided that all he was going to do was score goals. So while Salah may not get the raw goal numbers, he might not get 60 a season, the way Cristiano did a couple of times. He might not get 50 a season. It doesn't matter. Because everything else he offers, on top of almost a goal or assist every single game, makes him worth every penny he wants. And it is funny because you start to look at Salah's numbers and you think, right, 140 in 215. Well, let's say he plays the rest of this season out. And let's say he gets to 40 goals, which I think is realistic, considering he has to go for the AFCON. Well, at that point, he'd have 165 goals for Liverpool. And he'd probably have played somewhere in the region of 255 games. That'd be true five years. Well, what if he does the same over the next five years? Because remember, in those five years, he's had a season where he scored 23 goals. They're not all 40-goal seasons. Don't you think that even at the tail end of those five years, 
Mo Salah would be capable of 23, 24 goals. A couple more 40 goal seasons. Maybe a couple of seasons in the 30s and maybe a season in the 20s. And all of a sudden, we'd be sitting looking at Salah having 330 goals for Liverpool if he was able to maintain the same level he's shown over five years. Not this current level, what he's shown over five years. All of a sudden, Salah would be 35 years of age. And is there any reason he couldn't, at the very, very least, be Jamie Vardy by then? Like, even if he doesn't maintain a world-class level, even if he doesn't do what Lewandowski, Suarez, Benzema, what those guys are doing, maybe he's just as good as Jamie Vardy five years from now. Well, Jamie Vardy... Got 17 last year, 23 the year before. He's got seven already this year. Would would you suggest letting him go? Would you let Jamie Vardy go now? I don't think you would. And you start to look at Ian Rush's record, which is 346 goals. In 660 appearances, I might point out. And you start to wonder if Salah could get to about 500 appearances for Liverpool. He could really, really challenge that record. The record we've all thought for years is unbreakable. Mo Salah has a real chance of at least getting close if he continues this form throughout this year, and I don't think 40 goals is being ridiculous. I don't think it's been unreasonable or unrealistic. In fact, I think it might be conservative. He's got 15 already. It's October. The year he scored 44 through this point, I think he had eight. So 40 goals this year, Maybe he could do it again next season. The following year, maybe it drops into the 30s. Then he's another season in the 30s. And then it's in the 20s. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a guy who might be one season away from breaking Ian Rush's all-time record for the most goals for this club. Because if he could end this season on... Around 165, he really is setting himself up to have a six-year run at Russia's record. Replicate what you've done through five years, all of a sudden you're on about 330. And all of a sudden you need one more season of 16 goals, which is more than doable. Like I said, why couldn't he be Jamie Vardy at that age? To say no to Salah is to say no to history. Because we know this team is going to be great for the next few years. We know it's going to be great. Because when you look at our players and you look at 
Alison Becker, the goalkeeper, one of the two or three best goalkeepers in the world, 29. In five years, he'll be 34. For a goalkeeper, that's not past his best. That's probably still in his prime years. Trent Alexander-Arnold in five years will be 28. He'll still be in his prime in five years. Andy Robertson will be 32. He'll probably be coming to the end, but 32? You'll absolutely back Andy Robertson to still be really, really good to that point. Virgil would be 35. The way Virgil plays, he should be able to coast well into his 30s. Konate will have developed next to him. He will likely be one of the best defenders in the world by then. He'll be 27. There's no reason for the goalkeeper or defence to change at all over the five years after this one where Salah could make a run at those records. No reason. Now, Thiago would need to be replaced. He'd be 35, 36. And I, I would imagine it'll be one contract and out for him. So I think we'll have this season and two more from him. And that's fine. We'll be able to go and find a replacement. You'd back our scouting department to do that. Fab will be 33. He'll be towards the end for sure. But look at Fernandinho. He was still really good at 34. And his game was far more reliant on his ability to cover ground than Fabinho's, whose game is mostly in his head. Harvey Elliott could be the other midfielder. It could be Naby Keita. Naby be 31. Harvey would be 24. 24. Diogo Jot would be around 30. Bobby might be gone. Sadio might be gone. But let's be realistic here. There's only really two players or two positions that may need to change in the next five years. We'd obviously bring in squad players. We'll bring in more elite youngsters. Curtis Jones might be the one that replaces um, Thiago in midfield. Kay Gordon might be the one that replaces Sadio or Bobby. The young Polish kid whose name I won't butcher. Maybe he's a starter by then. Maybe he's good enough. Maybe young Bobby Clark can work his way into the team. And there'll be more to come. There's no reason this team is going to drop off. It may not win titles every year, but we know Kloppo's here for this year and two more. So we're going to be great for this year and two more. After that, yeah, maybe there's question marks. But whoever replaces Klopp isn't replacing Ferguson, where Ferguson left behind a decrepit old team that had fluked their way to one last league title. Whoever replaces Klopp is going to take over a team right at the peak of their powers. Right there in the sweet spot of title contention, Champions League challenges. Fantastic. 
So you put all of that around Mo, there's no reason Mo's level will drop off either. As long as he continues to be the player we've come to see him be, as long as everything else doesn't drop off around him, there's no reason he can't continue to score at the same level. And we could get to a point where he ends up with somewhere in the region of 500 combined goals and assists over his career for Liverpool if he sticks around long enough. 350 goals, potentially beat Rush. 150 assists wouldn't be wouldn't be outrageous based on what he's put forward already. I don't understand the argument against giving him whatever contract he wants. I really don't. None of his teammates are going to want the same money. They're not going to demand matching contracts. There's a reason we did the other important contracts, Virgil, Fab, Ali, Trent, Robbo, before we did Mo. It was to get them locked down. This idea that players joining the club will all of a sudden want parity. No, you're missing the point. We're not looking, and, and lots of journalists have missed this point as well. When you see a journalist say Liverpool would have to break their wage structure, they're wrong. They're wrong. The wage structure will not change. The wage ceiling will change. And that makes us more attractive to new players. But the structure will stay the same. You will come to Liverpool on a heavily incentivized contract. If you outperform that contract, we will give you a better contract within two years. If you continue to outperform that contract, then we will make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. That's what giving Mo Salah this contract says to other players. And look, if we sit down with an agent who says, oh, well, you've got Salah on 400 grand. My 19-year-old superstar here wants 400 grand. Say goodbye. Wave them out the door. Go and find the next Salah. He wasn't a superstar. Find the next Mane. Wasn't a superstar. Find the next Firmino. Like, look where we bought these players from. We didn't buy them from the biggest clubs. They weren't the biggest stars. Virgil was the best centre-back in the league when we signed him, but we bought him from Southampton. Ali and Mo came from Roma, a team that haven't won the Serie A title in 20-plus years. Robbo came from relegated Hull. Matip was a free transfer from an average Schalke team. Kanate came from Red Bull Leipzig. Gomez came from Charlton. Thiago's the only one that was an established world-class player at a world-class club. Because Fab came from Monaco. Yes, they'd won the title. Then they fell apart. Bobby was at Hoffenheim. Sadio was at Southampton. Naby was at Leipzig. The players our scouting team have found have not been at the biggest clubs. They haven't been established world-class players because that's not how we operate the only one 
that was an established world-class player at a world-class club is Thiago Alcantara. But it's not like we paid mega money for him. He had a year left on his contract. If he'd had two years or three years left, we wouldn't have signed him because he would have been 60, 70 million. And while we've paid that before, we paid it for Virgil and Ali, knowing that we're going to get seven, eight years, hopefully more out of them. With Thiago, you're only ever going to get the four. He's 29 signing, give him the four-year contract. At 33, he'll probably go back to Spain and or maybe he'll go to Brazil, where his dad's from, and just, you know, boss the league down there, him and his brother. So there's no reason Mo Salah's contract changes anything. Doesn't change the wage structure. Changes the wage ceiling, makes us more attractive, sends a message. Impress at Liverpool, they will reward you. And we could witness history if we keep this guy. Because he's that special. There's articles on This Is Anfield. There's articles on Liverpool.com. I'll leave them to yourselves to go and read them. Uh, there's a really good article on Anfieldindex.com. Naby Keita, Imagine the Levels. Brilliant piece from Steve Smith. Well worth your while. Give that one a listen. Or give that one a read, rather. Podcast-wise, Rate Don't Hate is recorded. will be up soon. There is a new scouted, myself and Mr. Matchett, uh, going through some listeners' questions. We also had a bit of a laugh at United. And um, Under Pressure will be recorded tonight, live on Discord. So if you are a subscriber to Anfield Index Pro, do be sure to give that one a listen. As far as stuff on the free side goes, obviously there's this every day. There's a Gags Tandon show from... Uh, after the United game, Andy Wales and Sam Evans are on. It's really good. The lads have a great old time. So do give that one a listen. I'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.